Bismillah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Sallallahu alayhi Muhammad wa alayhi wa sallam. We left off on the section on the disliked actions of the prayer. So we had read the um, just the list and we didn't talk about um, that we didn't do the commentary yet so we are here in the commentary. Uh, he mentions here in the beginning of the commentary what I had said before that when the term disliked is mentioned in the general sense then prohibitively disliked is meant uh, so there's two types of makruh in the Hanifi school and if the text doesn't specify which one it is then generally it's assumed that it is the prohibitively disliked if a prayer is offered with something that's prohibitively disliked then we are required to repeat it uh, in a way that would be free from such an act uh, However it is It has been fulfilled So It's a little bit It's like the obligation of making the prayer Has been fulfilled But it was fulfilled in a way That wasn't That um, That they deemed it necessary to redo um, So We have to redo it because of the Prohibited action that was in it But the prayer itself counted as A uh, Fulfilling the prayer that was required So it's kind of like you're redoing it to make up For the inadequacy that was in it The way that it was done So as for its disliked acts They are Number one Fidgeting with the clothing and body Fidgeting is defined as every action For which there is no valid reason Valid reason would be such as scratching Due to being bitten Wiping away sweat That is troubling the person as long as this is not done with excessive movement Which was covered in The things that would negate the prayer It's disliked because it negates humility Which is the essence of the Salat So It negates humility Number two Cracking the fingers Prohibitively disliked in prayer um, Number three Looking around by turning the neck so, excuse me, Aisha radiallahu anha, she that the Prophet sallallahu them. She was asked, uh, she asked about looking around in prayer, and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that it is a, a way by which say, shaitan takes away from the prayer of the person. Uh, the exception to this would be that if you had a reason to look around, so if there was some sort of Concern that related to safety um, Some sort of danger So the person needed to Actually turn their head and look Without turning their chest From the direction of the Qibla So for example we were praying I think that was yesterday We were praying and then I heard The dinner table was behind us And I, I heard uh, our daughter Get up in the vicinity of the table You can tell she was climbing up on the table So I, I turned like my whole head around While 
facing, keeping my body facing the Qibla. But I turned my whole head around so that I could see exactly what she was doing. Alhamdulillah, she was safe, so I could tell that she was safe, so then we just continued prayer. So that would be a valid excuse, but to just do it for no reason would be prohibitively disliked. Number four is placing the hands on the hips. Uh, prohibitively disliked in prayer, stretching. Um, same, just like, you know, stretch out your arms in the middle of salat or something. Squatting. In the sitting of tashahud or between the two prostrations. Um, it's not allowed, so instead of like sitting, you decided to squat. Um, uh, so, seven is to sit cross legged without excuse because it is leaving the recommended method of sitting in the prayer. So this is obviously inside of prayer, not outside of prayer. Um, and this would again be if there's no reason for the person to do it. it says here, however, that this is, which means it is slightly disliked. If you see that, slightly disliked. So. Uh, Number eight is yawning if one is able to restrain it. If they're able to repel it, it is prohibitively disliked. If one is, uh, and if not, you know, then they're not able to. Um, if unable to repel the yawn, then it is not disliked. One places the back of the hand or sleeve over the mouth when yawning. So then the back of their hand over the mouth. Number nine is closing eyes. Closing the eyes. It is slightly disliked. Except if done to attain concentration. Or due to being distracted by something. So, um, you know, this is uh, slightly disliked, number one. Number two is if the person is able to concentrate more successfully if their eyes are closed, then that disliked, that karaha is lifted. Number 10 is raising the gaze to the sky. The Prophet ﷺ said that people who lift their eyes towards the sky in prayer should avoid it or they would lose their eyesight. Uh, so they raise the sight to the sky. It should be avoided. Moving stones except for the prostration once. Uh, so if you're going to move stones from where you're making sujood, you can do it once, but after that, you shouldn't be repeating it every single time. Uh, related to that is wiping dust from the forehead during prayer, and it's like such as straw, perspiration. Uh, and after salat is done, you can do whatever, but in salat, should be avoided. Placing the arms in prostration, uh, meaning to like just throw them out type thing it's prohibitively disliked because it is an expression of laziness and disregard for the sanctity of prayer the meaning of iftirash of the arms is to spread them on the ground in prostration okay to spread them on the ground in prostration so just like 
stick them out like that. 14, ra raising the sleeves from the arms, meaning to roll up the arms due to this containing an appearance not in conformity with submissiveness of the prayer. If the sleeves are rolled up for ablution and he hurried to join the prayer with the imam, it is better to roll down the sleeves with slight movements. However, if a person rolls up the sleeves during the prayer, it is invalidated uh, because this is regarded as excessive movement. Okay, so this is an interesting one. Covering the feet in prostration for men. Uh, perhaps this is regarding the person praying deliberately doing this because it is an extra action which is of no benefit. If, however, it occurs accidentally, there is no reason for it being disliked. Rather, it is disliked to trouble oneself in keeping the feet uncovered. So, this is not referring to like praying with socks on or something like that but maybe like throwing a blanket over your feet while you're playing praying or so on uh, number 16 returning salutations with the hand as for replying with the tongue it invalidates the prayer as, as has been mentioned um, and, and then with the hand to return the salam with the hand would be prohibitively disliked a small amount of movement, such as undoing the slit of a shirt or scratching the body once or more, not consecutively. Knotting the hair, uh, it is to gather the hair in one place and prevent it from hanging, as is done at times by women. Um, okay, number 19, to raise the clothing. Is to raise the clothing clothing from the front or back when prostrating, and then it said is to gather the clothing and tie it up in the middle. Um, Ibn Abbas narrates that the Prophet said, "I have been ordered to prostrate on seven bones, and not to tuck up the clothes or hair." Okay. Uh, and hang so to raise the clothing and to hang it is to place clothing on the head or shoulders and let the let ends hang loose without gathering it in. So like maybe you have a sometimes you see people do that with like some sort of jubba or something. They'll put it over their shoulders but not put their arms in it. Uh, it is disliked to do that because basically you end up becoming preoccupied with it. It's you know does it is it sitting right is it going to come off did it is it almost going to come off do you need to fix it so on and so forth it becomes a distraction. Twenty to leave the head uncovered except out of humility. It is preferable that this is not done and that the person praying is humble and fearful in his heart. Um, if the person prays bareheaded due to an excuse, it is not disliked. Um, and if it, it falls off, they can put it back on if it's not going to be excessive movement. Uh, to prostrate on the coil of the turban. It is slightly disliked. This is the coil of the turban. Uh, this is if the coil of the turban is on the forehead. If, however, the coil of the turban is on the head, resulting in the forehead and nose not touching the ground, then the prostration is not valid. Uh, 
so basically if this so you have a turban and the turban is covering the forehead like that so that when you go down into sujood the forehead is not actually going on the ground it's the turban that's going on the ground then that's a, a problem it would be slightly disliked so the Prophet them prostrated while he had his head wrapped in a turban and he uncovered uh, his forehead you know he uncovered his forehead so that that part of the head can touch the ground or part of one's clothing <coughs> meaning without need such as the ground not being hot cold or rough due to it being regarded as arrogance um, Anas radiallahu anh says we used to pray with the Messenger of Allah sallam in the intense heat but when someone amongst us found it hard to place his forehead on the ground, he would spread his cloth and prostrate on it. So this is assuming that this is clothing that is moving with the person. Like they're wearing it. Someone has like a scarf or something and they put it down on the ground and they pray on that. That's not what this is referring to. It's referring to something that's attached to your body. So if you have like long sleeves or something, big sleeves and you go down in sujood and you pull the sleeve and you make sujood on the sleeve <coughs> that would be an example of that so that's dislike to do unless there's a, a reason for it limiting the prostration to the forehead alone or the nose only without a reason there are four scenarios relating to prostration prostrating on the forehead and nose this is necessary Prostrating on the forehead but not the nose, this is prohibitively disliked, although the prostration is valid. Forehead but not nose. Prostrating on the nose only and not the forehead, which is also prohibitively disliked. Not prostrating on any of them, both, which is a prostration which is not valid. Uh, what is meant by prostrating on the nose is the hard part of it as opposed to the soft part. So you praying on put the nose down. Nose and forehead. To cover the mouth, uh, the Prophet ﷺ prohibited sadl in the prayer and prohibited a man to cover his mouth. Sadl is when you pray with your arms at your side, not not crossed, um, and covering the mouth. It seems that this would be similar, that <coughs> assuming there's not a reason for it. So... Uh, like it's very, I think it's very possible that in the coming days when restrictions on movement and stuff like that become lifted, there might be a time when uh, people can go to the masajid and stuff like that, but they're encouraged to cover their face, cover their mouth. Um, and if that's the case, then one could do that. And the nose, except when yawning. Placing something in the mouth which presents the prevents the desirable recitation. So something's in their mouth that's stopping, preventing them from being able to recite properly. The imam standing in the niche, niche, except due to the ex excuse of lack of space as opposed to prostrating in it. The reason is slightly disliked, slightly disliked, is because of the resulting doubt regarding the posture of the imam. If there is no doubt, then it is not disliked. 
So meaning if the imam is like in this niche Then they won't be able to see him They won't know what's going on with him However if they're able to see him Then it's, it's not disliked The imam alone being on a raised platform From the congregation prohibitively disliked So uh, you know for him to be on like a platform And everyone else in a different spot Um The meaning of a platform is referring to something raised, such as the height of a person, or a distance by which a person is distinguished, or an arm's length. The view chosen by the majority is the last opinion. If some of the congregation is with the imam, the correct view is that it is not disliked due to the absence of the reason for it being so. So the issue is that the imam is in a different area, and this is kind of like, you know, he's supposed to be with the jama'ah. If uh, some of the jama'ah is with the imam on this raised platform, then that's okay. Um, SubhanAllah. It does happen. It can happen in like a... um, Sometimes you might be in a hall or something. And, you know, there's a platform. The imam ends up on the platform. Then this should be... um, Considered. Likewise, all of the congregation on a raised place, a place except the imam, because this is regarded as disrespect for the imam. So the opposite. Wearing a garment with pictures. What is meant here is if the picture is of a living, animate object. If it is an inanimate object, such as that of a tree, it is not disliked. There is from Ibn Abbas a report where he said to a picture maker, if you are going to draw, then draw something inanimate. The reason for it being disliked here is because it resembles the praying person holding an idol. Mm-hmm. Uh, prostrating on a picture on the carpet. So similar. That they're being in front, uh, prostrating on it. If they're standing on it, for example, is different. Because that's not an act of uh, honoring. It's not an honorific act. It's kind of almost a disrespectful act, right? But to prostrate on it is, is a problem. That there be in front of someone or next to him a picture of a living thing, except if it is small and is not evident to the one looking at it or has had its head removed. It is all prohibitively disliked. This is because of its resemblance to the worship of an image. In Al-Jama'a Sagheer is mentioned that if the image is on the place where one stands and sits, it is not disliked because this is a debasing of the image. Likewise, if the image is upon a cushion. If the image is upright, it is disliked because this is regarded as a form of honoring it. However, if it is on the ground, it is not disliked. The most severely disliked scenario is when the image is in the direction of prayer directly in front of the person praying. Next, in terms of severity, is when it is above the head of the one praying, then to their right and left upon a wall, and lastly behind them upon a wall or curtain. Abu Huraira said, Jibreel asked the Prophet them permission to enter. He said, come in. He replied, how can I enter when there is a curtain with pictures in your house? Either cut off the head of the picture or make it a mat which is walked over, for the angels do not enter a house which contains pictures. Okay, so pictures are not photos. Photos are different. They're acts. They're not surah. 
32, supporting oneself upon something when rising except due to an excuse. Uh, the sitting of rest. It is to sit briefly after the second prostration in the first and third unit. The Hanifis uh, dislike this because basically it's an addition to what's uh, what you're supposed to be doing. But there's a good quote here in the bottom. In the work of Zahiriya, Shams al-A'imma al-Hilwani said, the difference is regarding which is preferable, such that if someone was to act according to our madhab, there is no harm in this, according to a Shafi'i. And if someone were to act according to their madhab, there is no harm in this, according to us. This was mentioned by a Shumni. So, you know, they can do what they're going to do. Um... I guess I'll say this here because this is this is a long list. Uh, there are things that are sometimes mentioned in these books as being disliked that there's kind of like clear hadith on, and um, Al Jassas, who is one of the early major figures in the madhab. He deals with this, uh, and it's mentioned by Sheikh Muhammad Anwar Shah and Kashmiri, who's who's ma uh, contemporary, but he's passed away. He has a commentary on Bukhari, and uh, he he raises the issue and he refers to Jassas, and one of the things he says is basically that if there's something. That is very clear from the Sunnah that the Prophet sometimes did it, sometimes didn't. Even if it's even if the later books of the Madhab called it disliked, then actually the person has a choice whether or not they can do it. They're mukhayyir. Um This is significant. I mean, Mulana Muhammadan Washan Kashmiri is a big figure, and he says that he kind of like felt that way, but he never found he couldn't find a precedent, and then he found what Jassas said. And Jassas is like a legitimate figure in the madhab. So, um, so he he applied it, for example, to like saying Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim out loud in salat, or raising the hands when moving from positions, um, and things like that. You know, there's a number of those. So this, the reason I'm mentioning that here is because this may fall into that. I'm not really sure, but it may. Um, there might be other things to also. Leaning on the feet in turn, uh, except to do to an excuse. So kind of like leaning on one side, then leaning to the other side. Um, if they have an issue with their feet, that's different. Turning right and left because it is regarded as fidgeting, which is contrary to submissiveness. So you're like turning, turning a little bit, turning. To spit, counting verses with the hand or prayer beads, not pressing down with the fingers. It is clear that it is slightly disliked because it is not from the actions of prayer. Um, it is reported from the two students of Imam Abu Hanifa that there is no harm in counting on the hand in the optional prayers according to them. Both it being disliked, uh, the, according to them, both it being disliked is in the obligatory prayers. The reason for it being disliked, according to him, is that it is not from the actions of prayer, 
and entails an opposition to the recommended method of placing the hands. As for counting with the heart or pressing down with the fingertips in their place, it is not disliked. If the person if the person praying counts with his tongue, the scholars agree that the prayer is invalidated. Um, so you can do this with pressing down the fingers, but not with like uh, like actually like numbering or something. I used to do this actually when uh, especially when I was working as an imam. And I would be leading Salat uh, regularly. I would kind of press with my fingers to know which raka I'm in. This is the habit I developed. So in the first raka, I would press with like my index finger, just on my arm while I'm sitting in, in Salat, push a little bit, and then with my uh, middle finger in second raka, ring finger in third raka, pinky in fourth raka, and then I would also have kind of like certain du'as that I make. In each second sujood uh, of each rakah, so I know if I get confused or something, I know which rakah I'm in based on which du'a I'm making in sujood. Um, these are my little tricks because otherwise I would make mistakes. I forget which rakah I'm in and stuff like that. Um, Thirty-eight praying towards. The uh, face of another person. So, uh, you know, it's pretty clear. <coughs> um, you might see this sometimes. If Ibn Omar could not find a way to pray towards one of the pillars of the masjid, he would say to me, Turn your back to me. So, um, he wouldn't like face him and pray this happens sometimes like if the masjid is crowded and the imam finishes you know the imam turns around after salat making dhikr or something and then the people someone right in front of him might get up to pray their sunnah and it's good to kind of like turn a little bit you don't want them praying towards you in that way uh, or towards fire um a lit fire You don't pray towards the lit fire It resembles the worshipping of fire uh, Reciting in the second unit A chapter previous to the one recited uh, uh, So reciting Sorry, hold on
sorry about that. Uh, so reciting in the second unit of a chapter previous to the one recited. Uh, this is in relation to the obligatory prayers. As for the optional prayers, it is not disliked to do so because there is more leeway in the optional prayers. So you want to maintain the order uh, of revelation or not of revelation but order of the Mus'haf. Uh, Forty-one, joining between two chapters between them, which is one chapter in one unit or two units. I don't really understand what that means. This is 118. Um, reading two surahs one after the other if they're not uh, if there's like a gap between them so say you read قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدُ and then you skip قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ and you read قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ that's what this is referring to so again kind of like maintaining the order and not putting gaps in the order Lengthening the recitation in the second unit more than the first in the obligatory prayers. So, you know, the first unit should be longer. Uh, lengthening the prayer to the point that it becomes difficult for the congregation is prohibitively disliked. Uh, prohibitively disliked. The Prophet them said that the person should be easy in the Salat because among them are people who are weak, sick, and aged. If one prays by himself, they may make it as long as they wish. That's up to them, and they're by themselves. But if they're leading the group, then they have to consider the needs of the group. So the responsibility of leadership inside and outside of Salat. 44, repeating a chapter in a unit of the obligatory prayer. The reason for it being disliked in the, is the absence of it being reported from the Prophet It is not disliked to repeat a chapter in a unit or two units of an optional prayer. Because there is some leeway in the optional prayer, and that's reported from the Prophet Leaning leaning against a wall or a pillar without an excuse, because it is bad manners. <laughs> that's I like that Sh short and clean. Standing behind a row in which there is a gap, due to the Prophet Sallallahu saying, "Complete the first row and then the one after it." The hadith contains an order to complete the rows beginning with the first, which indicates that it is disliked to stand in a row further away from the imam before completing the first row. If there is no gap in the row, it is said a person from the row is pulled back before the takbir, and then the takbir is announced. So, they pull someone if they can. Uh, prayer in the street, due to that which is reported from the Prophet and then we forbade praying in seven places, one of them being the street. Um, it's because it's blocking people's way. Right, so the general thing there would be blocking a walkway, blocking a passageway, so on. Uh, or on the land of another without their permission, even if by indication. Um, 
Praying while wearing household clothing, it is slightly disliked to do so. What is meant are clothes worn within the home, which one would not usually wear when meeting important people, or work clothes which are not protected from filth. The reason for it being disliked is the maintaining of good manners when standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if it's not something that you would wear in front of other people, it might not be something to wear in salat. be slightly disliked. Or in the presence of food one desires. So this is as long as there's enough time to offer the prayer. The Prophet said, if dinner is served and the prayer is ready, start with the dinner. Um... This was the practice of the people of knowledge from the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, among them being Abu Bakr, Umar, and Ibn Umar, all of whom would start eating even if it meant the missing of the congregational prayer. Food would be placed for Ibn Umar and the prayer would start. He would not go to the prayer until he had finished eating. All of this while hearing the recitation of the Imam. This is if the person is craving food and there is enough time to offer the prayer. However, if the person has self-control, and is not troubled by his hunger or desire for food, he starts with the prayer. An example of this is that the Prophet ﷺ liked the shoulder piece of sheep. He was called to the prayer. So he placed it down and he prayed. Um, also keep in mind that like, there's jama'ah going on. Like they, they also kind of like, their meals probably weren't as extravagant as ours. But in any case, if... Uh, if the food comes first Unless a person can control themselves Then it's okay Basically you don't want to be distracted by it Or with an impure substance Which it does not prevent the prayer Except if he fears the elapsing of prayer time Or missing the congregation If he does not fear that fear this It is desirable for him to cut off the prayer um, So to Impure substance But it's less than the amount it's it's, so, it's small enough that one can still pray But if they can get rid of it They should get rid of it And starting the prayer while withholding the call of nature If someone experiences it during the prayer It is desirable for them to break the prayer Aisha narrates I heard the messenger of Allah say No one should pray when food is served And when one needs to answer the call of nature Every prayer offered with a prohibitively disliked action Is necessary to repeat both in its time and after it, and with anything which is slightly disliked taking place within the prayer, it is recommended to do so. Which is also mentioned at the beginning of that section. Okay, so that's a doozy of a section. But, um, you know, alhamdulillah, we made it through it. There is not very much left in this text, so... Let's go back to um, where we were. Bismillah. Actions permitted for the one praying. Faslun fima yubahu fi'alahu lil musalli wa amma mubahatuha fanadhuruhu bimawqi aynayhi bila tahwili بعض الوجه وتسوية موضع السجود مرة وقتل الحية والعقرب فيها إذا خاف أذاهما ولو بالضربات وإن أمن الأذى فهو مكروه ومشدود الوسط أو إلى ظهر قاعد يتحدث 
أو إلى مصحف أو سيف معلق أو شمع أو سراج موقد وعلى بساط فيه تصاوير ليست في موضع سجودي وصلاته في فمه وفي فمه شيء لا يمنعه عن سنة القراءة أو في يده شيء لا يمنع من سنة الاعتماد وقطعها بسرقة ما يساوي درهما ولو بغيره وخوف ذئب على غنم وتقطع أيضا لخوف تردي أعمى في بئر والنحو لا لنداء أحد أبويه إلا أن يستغيث Okay, so he says, uh, as for its permissible actions, they are um, looking from the corner of the eyes without turning part of the face. So looking with the eyes without turning the face. Leveling the area of prostration once. Leveling the area of prostration once. I don't know why they didn't put once in the translation, but it once is there in the Arabic. Killing a snake or scorpion during the prayer if someone fears harm from them, even with a number of strikes. If they feel safe from them, it is disliked. So this is only if they are in fear of harm from them. To tie up the middle. To pray towards the back of someone who is speaking. To pray towards a copy of the, Mus of, of the Quran. These are things that are permissible. Or a hanging sword. Or candle. Or burning lamp Or to pray on a carpet containing pictures Not on the place of prostration Praying with something in the mouth Which does not prevent the recommended manner of recitation Praying with something in the mouth Which does not prevent the recommended manner of recitation Or something in his hand Which does not prevent the recommended actions of placing His breaking the prayer in the case of the theft Of that which equals a dirham Even if it is the property of another uh, likewise due to the fear of wolves with regard to sheep And the prayer is also broken for the fear of a blind person falling into a well or similar Not due to the call of a parent except for the call of help Like they're really um, calling out of uh, in, in a great need Okay So looking out of the corner of one's eyes is preferable not to do so just because it's not really a good thing to do in Salat. Um, to tie up the middle, meaning to tie up the stomach with the legs of a belt because it is rolling up of the clothes. Others have said that it is disliked because of the practice of the people of the book and the first view is the chosen opinion. Um, you know, this is like not really the way that we dress now, but when you watch Urtugrul or something, you might get an idea of it, how they tie up the outfits. To pray towards the back of someone who's speaking, to pray towards a copy of the Mus'haf. Um... All these other things don't really have any commentary to them They're pretty straightforward um, 
necessary, one can break prayer, necessary to break prayer if one of the parents or other people is calling out for help. Again, if there's like some danger or something, one can break this a lot. But uh, otherwise they keep going. through to the end here. وفن جمعتي أربع قبلها وأربع بعدها والسنن غير مؤكدة أربعة أربع قبل صلاة العصر وأربع قبل العشاء وبعدها يعني أربع أربع بعدها والست بعد المغرب الوتر 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 وأما الوتر فواجب وهو ثلاث ركعات والقنوت فيه واجب وكيفيته أن يرفع يديه ويكبر قبل الركوع الثالثة ويدعو ويدعو بدعاء القنوت والمعروف إن كان يحسنه وإلا قال ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار أو قال اللهم اغفر لي ثلاثا رب اغفر وارحم وأنت خير الراحمين تمت يوم الأربعاء من شهر جمادة الأولى سنة ألف مئتين تسعة وخمسين بقلم الفقير إلى عفو المولى عبد الله بن أبي بكر بن الشيخ محمد رضي الله تعالى عنه وأرضاه ونفر الله به Section Recommended Prayers Before and After Prayer the legislated recommended prayers before and after the obligatory prayer are of two categories, emphasized and non-emphasized. Emphasized prayers are the following, two before subh, four before dhuhr, two after it, two after maghrib, two after isha, four before jumu'ah, and four after it. Non-emphasized recommended prayers would be such as four before Asr, four before Isha, and four after Isha, and six after Maghrib. Six after Maghrib. Okay. Section on Witr. As for the Witr, it is necessary, meaning it is wajib. It consists of three units. The Qunut in it is necessary. Its method of performance is to raise the hands and say takbir before the bowing of the third unit and to supplicate with the well-known invocation of qunut if he is able to if not he says rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab nar or says allahumma ighfir li three times so if they're not able to do the the, the, the dua of witr that's known then they say these things Lord, forgive and have mercy, for you are the best of those who are merciful, completed on Wednesday, 
in the month of Jamadi al Ula in the year 1259 by the pen of the one needy of his Lord's forgiveness, Abdullah ibn Abi Bakr ibn Shaykh Muhammad. Allah be pleased with him. So, we come down here. To the commentary. So the emphasized Sunnah prayers are 12. Most emphatic of those are the two units before Fajr. Because the Prophet them basically almost never left them. Aisha radiallahu anha said the Messenger of Allah was not so particular about observing any non-obligatory prayer as he was in observing the two units before Fajr. Um, emphasized prayers We said And those are due to the hadith Of the Prophet ﷺ about the person who prays 12 They have a palace in Jannah The non-emphasized Are ones that the Prophet ﷺ did sometimes But didn't do other times um, So Four Four Four, four before Asr, four before Isha, four after Isha, six after Maghrib. Um, and that's that. Witr. Uh, the Prophet did not leave Witr. So the Hanifis considered it to be wajib. Messenger of Allah would perform three units. Uh, two, sit, tashahud. Third unit, Fatiha in the Surah also. Then Allahu Akbar, Qunut. Then Allahu Akbar and Rukua. Um, as you probably know, there's different ways that Witr is narrated as having been done, but this is the one that the Hanafis do. And the dua, if they're able to do this dua, Allah <laughs> And خير كله أشكرك ولا نكفرك ونخلع ونترك من يفجرك اللهم إياك نعبد ولك نصلي ونسجد وإليك نسعى ونحفد ونرجو رحمتك ونخشى عذابك إن عذابك الجد بالكفار منحق إفناد سير ربنا يتني في دنيا حسن وفي الآخرة حسن وقنا عذاب النار وذي سير الله مغفلي Allah forgive me three times. And this is the end of the text. We ask this to be for us and not against us. Inshallah, Ameen. Um, as you notice, this doesn't cover fasting. And there are also issues in Salat that it doesn't cover. So... Uh, if you'd like, we can finish here. If you prefer, we can do some, maybe try to fill in some of those gaps with other things. <laughs>